0: Hello me and anybody else who might end up listening to this. Uh, my name is Josh, I am a uh, role-playing game creator and a uh, currently a, a, a lifetime dungeon master. <laughs> um, uh, I'm making these recordings as a way to help parse out my thoughts and ideas about two separate games that I am creating right now. Both are very distinct and very different from each other. Uh, But today I want to focus on one, and the reason that I want to get through uh, this next line of thought is that I don't want to forget it. So I want to be able to listen back to these recordings and kind of remember what the infancy of my idea was and how it's evolved in my brain. Because if I don't write or record something down, I... The idea evolves without me remembering um, how it started, and sometimes how it started was way cooler than how it ended up, and so I like to go back and work from scratch again. So anyway, uh, the game I'm currently working on is uh, called Lords of Gobtown. It is a campaign setting and game rolled up into one. and it's very, uh, the game itself is very centered on the actual campaign. So you could modularly take out bits and pieces and use uh, the mechanics for another game, but it kind of works best in a similar setting or um, in a similar uh, world layout as uh, like the one I created in the book. So in the book like I've written it. I haven't written it yet. I'm working on it. (laughs) It's all in Word documents on my computer. Uh, Anyway, so the first thing I wanted to talk about is uh, this game centers around the player characters uh, taking the role of goblins that have been subjugated by people to do slave labor. So the the game takes place in a small town uh, it isn't common for people to use other races of beings like this, and being on like a frontier out in the middle of nowhere next to the ocean, uh, you're far away from any sort of governmental rule. This was just something that the townspeople had cooked up and executed throughout their time trying to evolve the town into a into a successful, um, burgeoning, you know, township the players being goblins I've run this game I've I've tried to have my players get into the mindset of being a goblin and it's very difficult and they do they they usually do they usually try to look at things from a perspective that's not the the human perspective or the normal. Uh, anyway the normal kinds of characters that they would run at the table just reskinned as goblins. One thing that I feel is harder to grasp and harder for people to touch on and harder for me as a uh, a game master or a um, a creator to put forth is a way to really set the groundwork in so that a player walking in doesn't have to work so hard to fit that mold to fit the i'm now playing a goblin not a uh, a human paladin mode so and and not only that it's hard for people to envision being in a slave class so uh there when i've run games for people before they get really brazen, and they get really excited, and they are they want to go out and they want to kill or they want to, you know, uh, get the treasure. And I have to gently remind them throughout the adventure that you've gotten all the treasure, like you have it, but you can't bring it home with you. It's uh, and you have to hide it from your uh, you know the the human, basically guards that are with you to. To help you, you know, clear the rats out of the sewers. But basically they're just overseeing you doing the hard work. And the last thing they're going to allow is you to walk back with a big, you know, pouch full of gold and magical items to go live in your uh, squalid part of town. No, they're going to take it for themselves. They're going to... So how, how do you... One of the first things that I work with them on is, okay, so you have it, now what do you do with it? How do you hide it? Uh, you hear, you know, Trevor the guard coming, you hear his footsteps falling down in the uh, in the cave system. He's coming down the stairs and you, he's about ready to discover you with your new dagger and 16 gold pieces. What do you do? Uh, do you just try to hide it? And if so... You know we have to role play it out through there, like how, the the coins jingle, the uh, he notices a nervous look on your face, uh, he you look guilty, and he, I I have to really hone in on that. I have to do a lot of work to get the players into that mindset. Like oh yeah, I'm basically a, a prisoner that's out on work leave, and I can't bring anything back into the jail with me. So that's the first part. So I the the main problem that I'm having is that they go through the entire adventure with a completely different mindset and then I kinda have to jerk them back into reality before things spin out of control. So before like they become the most powerful goblins in Gobtown, I have to kind of pull the rug out from under them and be like, whoa, 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 you don't you don't get to actually have this. Like what what do you do? Uh, you can hide it somewhere so that the next time you get out of the town uh, the town gates, you can find it again and use it, but you know that will take some trickery the next time you you get out. And I think that that's really jarring and that kind of you know, uh, I don't know if it robs the player of an experience or if it I just don't feel it that it's very clean in any regard. So, I started looking at my rule set, and I looked at how characters are built, and how the whole game has evolved throughout its creation. the The players make heroes, and that's what the character creation looks like. It's you. What is your What are your strengths? That's like the main core of character building. What does your character do well? What do What does your character do that others don't? <laughs> So, propping them up in that way where they have uh, a a front-loaded notion that I'm a hero. Like, I can do things that others can't. And that I do want that experience for my players, but I don't want that to be the bog-standard feeling of when they're playing the game. The game, to me... And to them, and I know that it's bad form for uh, somebody that runs a game to steer the players towards a feeling so much that, that, that I do also believe that those things should be explored and that should come about organically throughout play. The setting, though, is not open world, uh, you know, forgotten realms. It's a very small town on the frontier of a kingdom that is expanding and still, and taking ownership of land as it goes it's very it's a you know very analogous to the old west and that frontier lifestyle and the player characters aren't of the same class of being they are underclassed they are underappreciated because they've been subjugated they've been stripped Of their heritage and their uh, their lands and you know (laughs) I that's that's the challenge I want to start overcoming in the game and whether that be they learn throughout play how to be very effective at their job and gain the praise of the town people around them or they start working on plots to undermine their human counterparts uh, human and other. I'm, I always tend to make it a human centric, just humans and goblins, and then there's monsters. But I, I need to diversify a little bit. You know, uh, it definitely adds more flavor if there's uh, other magical races in town, and to to allow things to be a little kooky and not uh, not so staunchly historic medieval life. i do try to add a lot of that in my game anyway uh so the first thing that i wanted to break down was your ability scores even that word ability gives you the idea that i have something here that i can improve that i can do that i'm uh, my ability scores are going to be above standard something is going to be above standard I'm going to be in some way special and so to to put that into uh, into my game what kind of breaks the rules goblins in my game are small they are uh, they're ragged they are they have you know instincts they have they're animals basically they're sentient animals So how do I give you that feeling? Well, I thought about it yesterday, very, very hard at work. And I decided that, okay, maybe they aren't, uh, maybe your ability scores are never a bonus. Maybe a goblin's ability scores are hindrances that when we stat out a goblin, they're starting low. Human standard being, uh, it, we aren't playing a TSR or Wizards of the Coast product. We aren't doing an OSR thing at our table. We're coming up with new, um, not new, but different degrees of uh, and, and different variables for, for players to use as stats and things like that. So uh, what if instead of strength, what is your strength score? What is your weakness score? you're starting at a negative four on all of your stats so and you can buy them up to you know human standard if you need to but you only have a certain number of points so no matter what there's gonna be a lot of your stats if not all of them are gonna be slightly below human standard or very below human standard so uh you know, strength is a hard one to to come, to come up on. You're, you're four feet tall. What do you do? You know, you can get to be as strong as a, as a five and a half, six foot tall man, but you're an outlier. You, you've, you're, you're eschewing all other abilities that you have to, to be that tough. And maybe, you know, uh, when you work that out thematically through your your generation of your character, you can think about that in, uh, you know, what my my character has only been forced to do manual labor, which means that he creaks when he moves. He's strong, like his tendons and muscles can do a lot, but he's not very you know nimble or dexterous. He groans when he gets up because his joints hurt. He can definitely pick up the front end of a wagon if need be. But he's not going to, you know, flip around on the ground and jump behind an enemy and backstab him anytime soon. Uh, he's also not the brightest. Because picking things up and putting them down has been his whole life. Uh... And that helps you kind of define what what types of jobs your goblin has been deemed worthy to do. And so you can pick, you know, okay, so it's not strength, it's weakness. What's what are you subtracting from your attempt roles to do something that a normal human could do? And that's how I think about the game world, is how uh, how I think all you know older role-playing games and even modern ones to a degree. Um, thought of it, like what, what would a normal everyday Joe be able to do? And that's zero. There's no bonus to that. There's no penalty to that. You are just, what could the absolute average person do? And then your bonuses and and penalties go on top of that. So, uh, instead of your, I try to roll in a couple stats per thing. So, um so weakness is going to be like strength and your hit point modifier like uh the next stat would be um instead of like dexterity or aptitude uh ineptitude what is your what is your ineptitude score you are more often than not like you can't be the kind of goblin that chews bubblegum and walks down the cobblestones without getting a little goofy, like uh, you know, wobbling around a little bit, or uh, you're not going to pick up a tray of wine glasses and get them all the way to the table without one falling over. That's what goblins are in my setting. They're they're goofy. They're you know, they're kind of like the scarecrow on the Wizard of Oz. For like a better term even though that guy was incredibly graceful and I gotta give that that dude some credit <laughs> the amount of times that guy could like weeble and wobble without like breaking a hip or a knee I was it's it's hard to watch these days I know that he was younger and very fit person back then but I, I watching that movie with my daughter I'm like oh god like I can't, I can't even imagine like my knee doing that anyway uh God, I'm such a boomer. Doesn't that sound terrible? <laughs> I was watching Wizard of Oz. Um, okay, and so yeah, you're overcoming your ineptitude to do graceful things. You're overcoming these things. It's a, you have a negative on that role. You're just not going to. You're not gonna do well if you grab something off the like a like a, uh, pull the knife out of the, uh, that's sticking up out of the table and try to whip it at. Um, a lantern to to cut it down, to start a fire or something like whatever. like whatever it takes to to be dexterous and nimble and all those things, like you're you're overcoming your own goblinity for I, goblinity. I like that. You're overcoming your own goblinity to get something done. You that's how I want that to feel. Like yes, like you got past the fact that you're a bumbling idiot and did it. You know, it's the little victory in just doing the mundane, and not mundane, but in the parlance of like fifth edition Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons, like you're not getting a bonus to every single thing, and that's just normal. And it sucks when you fail. It's you're. I mean, you are failing like constantly, but you are succeeding at the mundane when you get past your shortcoming. And that should feel good in the game. I want that to feel good all the time. Like, every time something goes off without a hitch, it shouldn't just be the, okay, cool, my skills worked out for me. It's, that's awesome, because I was really nervous every time I roll that this isn't going to work out for me, and I have to describe how my goblin accidentally, like, wobbled his way into an open fire pit instead of doing what I wanted him to do, which was sneak over and uh, steal a key from Trevor's, uh, key ring, you know, whatever. Uh, so yeah, ineptitude is going to be your, anytime you're doing anything that's meaningful, that has a chance of failure, that is, uh, thematically interesting. Um, so any, any skill role really, uh, should be your ineptitude. That should that that role should be modified by ineptitude. Next up, uh, I had a really hard time. I don't want to include things like intelligence in the game. I do like wisdom. I do like that people that anything can be wise to its environment can be aware. And I like I started with awareness as a stat. I was like, cool, awareness. That actually really describes a lot. How much uh, that could affect, like your initiative. It could affect uh, when a trap springs up on you, like a saving throw. That could affect um, pretty much anything. That would be just a uh, like a snap decision kind of thing that you would react to is your awareness or how you can tell uh if somebody is being deceitful to you or that you can be deceitful in or you're aware of your own self like how how can i how can i lie to trevor about i keep using trevor the guard just because he was one of our favorite guards in the uh in the campaigns that i've run or philip philip was a great one too and i i get i'm sure there's like two people out there that are chuckling if they're listening to this But, um, you know, how am I going to get past Trevor with my, you know, holding this dagger to my chest, hidden underneath my hands and not looking guilty? Am I aware enough to do it? Am I aware enough to be sneaky? And a part of that is also ineptitude. Like, can I do it? Uh, so the first check in that scenario let, let, let's say that 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 scenario is what what is happening in the game. That's the uh, that's the skill role that we're, we're we're gonna go across for both of those skills. So first of all, you need to act casual right You need to walk by and act casual. Can you do it? Can you can you parse when the right moment would be to go? Is it a good time to even try? Is Trevor like directly staring at your chest with a look of puzzlement on his face? Is it worth even trying to conceal at that point? Are you aware enough to do it? Okay, you know, give me give me a roll, see what happens. Um, and then that that role would dictate how the rest of the conflict goes. I wouldn't say like, are you aware enough to see that it's a good time? Is it a good time? Are you doing this at an opportune time? Yes. You've gotten... You're aware enough of Trevor walking down the steps to have taken the time to do something a little extra to conceal it. Now, uh, if you pass that check, the encounter goes a little differently. Trevor might have a couple of things to say to you about this or that. And you know I might do a slight reaction roll modified by something on Trevor's side to kind of see if he's got a little bit of an awareness of what's going on too and if he doesn't that's the end you've done it you've 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 used your awareness to get through something that normally would be like a sneaky stealthy you know dexterous thing to hide or whatever and let's say that you you fail that check it's not quite opportune Trevor does kind of notice that something's off about you. So now is your chance to get past your ineptitude to keep a hold of what you want to do or to just give it up right then, you know? Are you able to uh, (laughs) convince Trevor, like, hey, what is that behind you? And as he turns for a second, you slip it into your, you know, into the ass of your pants um, uh, you know what, whatever the player decides how, however they want to get past uh, and use their dexterity to, to keep the dagger do they um, do they, they palm it with one hand but actually just hand over a few gold pieces and be like I'm sorry I was trying to hide this from you um, and Trevor give him a you know, stern, uh, <laughs> a stern eyebrow look, and a finger wag, and and swipe up those gold pieces, and shove them happily in his pocket, and he's been bribed. Like he's, you know, how do we get? How do we get past it? What do you use to do that? Were you aware enough to come up with that idea and have it work? Um, so yeah, the check would be all right. You you were aware. How does it play out? You tell me. You tell me because you are you are, in control of this situation because you have the advantage over what's in front of you. Uh, as any experienced liar in the world can tell you, you know when it's working and you know when it isn't. And you know when you have to switch tactics or just fess up. Uh, what the right thing to do for you at that time is the most beneficial thing for you to do at that time. So yeah, that was awareness. Uh, I also had a separate stat that is a kind of uh, a goofy, could be negative, could be positive stat. Um, oh yeah, was the, also awareness was a positive stat. Uh, how are we going to make that a negative? And my only other thought on that would be like, uh, you know, what is your uh, obliviousness? Or, you know, <laughs> how are you getting past uh, your own self-centered, uh, you know, I I have to find the word. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to open up thesaurus.com and, and <laughs> get myself a fucking definition because I have no clue. Uh, but I like that idea. I kind of like it being a negative stat thing to kind of give you the feel like you're playing a game about goblins. Uh, and then the the fourth kind of stat that I was thinking about is um, I want, and I don't want this to have a negative connotation at all, because it is the only thing that you were born with as any being in this setting, but is, is your instinct. What is your instinct to do? What can you roll on your instinct? And it's the... Uh, I'm not sure how I want to outline whether these these instincts are like goblin instincts, like these are the certain things that goblins instinctually are good at or bad at. Uh, what the 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 way they lean in a certain way, like how they not lean in a certain way, how how they would lean in a certain situation, like what they would do. Um, and I do feel like there's plenty of opportunity for a character to roll against his instinct, like I have to overcome my instinct to not. Do the wrong thing here i'm living in a completely different society instinctually and that's that's kind of the my dm uh or game master uh fiat there to just be like okay i you know you can do that you know what you're saying makes sense if you want to chalk, you know uh if you see something shiny on the counter and you're talking to you know the uh the town cleric and you see a a shiny you know silver candlestick in front of him just it's just minding its own business it doesn't seem to be there's the candle isn't even lit like he's not even using it um can you get past your instincts to not try and swipe it and i haven't played with that idea in game yet and it it often i'm kind of dense when it comes to certain things so it's i I really need to see how people react to it in order to know if it's appropriate or not to even have in a game, uh, if it's just an asshole thing that I can do, and I don't like I don't want to do that, and it's extra work for me. But I do kind of like the fact that that keeps it on theme, that this is you're still the goblin. Like you're still this selfish, greedy can't see past, you know most things. Kind of being, and you're not the you know th- this game isn't about the I'm the goblin with horn rimmed spectacles that can charm his way through the room and uh, that's like a very you know five e kind of idea where no no this is it's open to your interpretation it's just a it's just a skin that you put on for your persona whether it's just what you look like on the outside and then half the time when you're playing the game people aren't reacting to what they see. They're not reacting to their first impression. They're not, you know, uh, when you see some. <laughs> I, I imagine, anyway, throughout my time playing fantasy games and, and absorbing fantasy materials, uh, that if some well dressed goblin's flipping a coin as he's whistling, walking down the street, trying to be charming every town guard's going to be looking at him and going like, what the fuck did he get that coin? What's he doing dressed so nice? Like, who, who does he think he is that he can look like that? You know, that it's, uh, <laughs> you know, and maybe, uh, maybe that, those guards in that town are, are very enlightened and very, um, uh, you know, And maybe, maybe they would never think such a thing because it's commonplace in the town for goblins to walk around like that. But in, in my setting, it's not. And so I want to really cut past the fact that like, when you, when you're playing this game, I want you to play this game. Like I want, I'm, I am steering you, you, people are reacting to who you are and what you are. They're reacting to their first impression, and then you can work on relationships in the game to, you know, destroy those perceptions of you, or to further reinforce them. If you, if you can't help but swipe the candlestick, you know, <laughs> it's not uh, your relationship with the the um, the town clergy. They're less trusting. They don't want you to do their jobs anymore. Um, or they have a separate thing. You know, I see that you've got a taste for this. I need this. Can you go and get it for me? I'm not, and I will disavow even knowing you if you get caught. So it has that, uh, that sort of hook and flavor to it that you don't, you know, you aren't in full control of who you are. And there's certain factors in the game that I will get to on my next recording, uh, which is gonna be how goblin instinct, because I'm gonna keep thinking about this, but how goblin instinct works. And um, one of the first ideas that I've had that was a holdover from my other campaigns was like um, we had certain goblin abilities that I will uh, I'll outline in further detail on uh, my next recording so that I can get those things straight in my mind. But uh, one of those things is that when uh, when there's an open flame anywhere, and this is a stolen idea, of course, but when there's an open flame anywhere, goblins are drawn to it. Not just like like a moth to flame or anything like that, but it's it's hard to not pay attention to it, uh, especially if it's uncontrolled. So there, goblins are very excited about uncontrolled fire. And so when there's a big bonfire and things start going out of control... Goblin sentences are heightened. So they're like their instinct would become heightened. It'd be harder to overcome goblin instinct when you're around that situation. So, a lot, you know, there's other games that have like, if you're touching cold iron, you have a negative to your roles and things like that. Uh, in the game I want to run or the game I want to make, I don't want it to be like such a negative thing, but you are going to become more goblin like when you are around those situations. Uh, you're going to become less um, domesticated, I guess, is the other, the other word that I'm thinking of. So anyway, this has gone on really long. Uh, and I want to make these in short, uh, concise things so that I can listen back to them and remember these ideas. And if anybody else is listening that I'm not going to just bore them to death with the em- amount of times that I say like, and, um, <laughs> and, uh, I also do eventually want to put this up to, to get feedback because ultimately, uh, I'm a person and I have, you know, (laughs) I have needs to be connected with my fellow, my fellow man. So, um, if I do end up putting these online and I do have a way in which you guys, if anybody's listening, uh, can comment. Then I would love to hear feedback on what you think if it's uh, if my ideas would or would not fit into your um, into your game and how um, how they could be either improved or maybe discarded. So anyway, thank you for listening, and I hope that everybody has a good day.